If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 1. And as you can see this morning, it's a little bit of a different morning. Uh, we've got tables in here. We've got the ministry fair. We've got the rain to come in. So, so you, we orchestrated the whole thing. Actually, what's really funny is a couple months ago, someone said, we should probably we should try doing the ministry fair inside because it's normally so hot outside. And it's not hot, but it's raining. So, you know, God really is sovereign over all things. This morning, I want to remind you of our vision and mission because it's going to relate to what we're talking about this morning. Our vision as a church, what we're going after, what we want to see happen is that we want to see communities renewed by the love of Jesus. If everything goes right, that's what we want to see. And that is really what God is doing on this earth. That is what he's going to bring to fulfillment at some point. We want to see that in our church, we want to see that in our city, we want to see that go out. The way that we're going to go do that thing is that we are going to equip and send passionate followers of Jesus to renew our community and world for, for Christ. So we're going to equip and send all of us to go do this thing, to be equipped and sent so that our community would be renewed through the love of Jesus. What I want to talk about today, a question worth asking, in my opinion, is why is it necessary to be equipped and sent? Danny, what's the big deal? And if you were here last week and you remember anything of what I said, and I don't expect you to, you might be thinking, hey, man, you, you said God, it's all God all the time. You made this big old thing about it's God. God's got our salvation. God sustains us. It's all God. And I would say, you are totally right. That's a, <laughs> that's a really good question. And I would say to you this, the really interesting thing about our sovereign God is that he loves to partner with people. He is involved in his creation. And our involvement with God doesn't save us. He saves us. That's covered. But what he wants to do is he wants to use all of us and he wants to use our lives to bring more people into his family. He wants to work through you and through me to bring his love and his grace to other people. Our doing that thing doesn't save us, but it's what we've been created to do. And I also mentioned last week that we've been adopted. And one of the things I mentioned was when you're adopted, all this really great stuff happens. One of the things that happens is that you now get a new set of expectations and responsibilities as a new family member. These are those things. There's things God is asking us to participate in. There are things that are good for you, but they're also good for the people around us. So I want to talk about that a little bit this week because as much as God has heaven and eternity. He's got that handled for us. What we do on this earth in our lives really matters. It has an impact on the world around us. So if you've turned to Psalm 1, we're going to begin reading. And this is what it says. This is the word of the Lord for God's church today. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take 
or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I think that this psalm offers us a way of thinking about what it means to be equipped and what it means to be sent. And what I want to also do is say, when I say equip, another way of looking at this, because we're going to really play off this metaphor of the tree, is to think about what it means to grow and to think about what it means to bear fruit, what it means to give of ourselves to other people. And this psalm is really going to help us understand that today. First thing I want to say is that God has created you to grow, to flourish, and to bear fruit. This is what we were made for. Not just me, not just you, all of us. We were created for that. And we are blessed, according to the psalmist, if we do this. Now notice this. There's an interesting progression that happens. I noticed all, like, in the first Two verses, the verbs, it's walk, stand, sit, delight, meditate. And if you think about it, walk is the most physical, like you're actually, you know, you're like kind of a walkabout thing or whatever. And then meditate is internal and heart and mind and very deep within. And there's this idea that, hey, if you want to, if you don't like the way you're walking, if you want to walk and step with what God is doing, that actually starts all the way in where you meditate. That's where it actually comes from. And Jesus talks about this in Mark chapter 7, verse 14. Jesus says this. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. So for the psalmist, if we're thinking about growth and bearing fruit, it starts at the deepest part of who we are that we are called to meditate. We're called to go after. We're called to seek after God. And that word meditate that he talks about, I don't want you to think it's some like Eastern whatever. <laughs> We're talking about going after God. We're talking about processing and thinking about the word of God, the ways of God. The word actually speaks to this kind of uttering and chewing. It's like you're, you're thinking about this thing all day. It's taking root in your heart. And you're, it, it's, it's like you're thinking about God and you're processing God's word. And we can't even begin to grow if we don't spend any time in this book. Because if we don't spend any time in this book, then we don't know what God is doing on this earth. We start with the word of God. And so we flip it and we start with where we meditate. And I want to talk just a few minutes this morning about this process of growing and flourishing and bearing fruit. God desires you to grow. Growing is normal. If you have children, if your children at some point stop growing, stop meeting those developmental metrics, the doctor's going to say, hey, there might be something wrong. What are they eating? Are they being nourished enough? 
And for us spiritually, our growth is determined by what we meditate on. Where are we getting our nourishment? There's no point talking about where we walk if our hearts are not in the right place. What are we meditating on? And the psalmist gives us this tree metaphor, which I love because these kinds of things are too abstract for me. I don't know about you. We talk about these things and you're like, okay, but like give me something I can look at. Give me a book with some pictures in it. And I'm pretty sure everyone here has seen a tree, right? Do you have any fans of trees in the room? That's disappointing. You know, they give off oxygen and stuff. We wouldn't even be, whatever. I love trees. I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of palm trees. I don't know what they do. There's not enough shade and they drop the things and cutting the branches is way harder than it looks. But let's go back to the tree metaphor. Think about how does a tree grow? And in this psalm, we get this picture of this tree that's planted by a stream of water. This consistent stream is allowing this tree to get water into its roots, to develop a root system so that it can begin to mature, so that it can begin to grow. If it doesn't have water, nothing's going to happen. It needs the nutrients, and that's going to enable it to start to grow up and out and start to live into what the tree was actually created to be, which ultimately leads to bearing fruit, which we're going to talk about in a minute. See, we can't, in our metaphor, we cannot grow apart from the word of God. We, we just can't. We can't grow apart from abiding in Christ. It is, in the metaphor, it is the water that we need. And so our growth starts at the deepest parts of our heart. And it starts with us seeking God through prayer and through the word and through orienting our understanding of what God wants us to do on this earth. The word of God, God himself becomes the root system in our hearts and minds, tethering us to what it means to live into the new creation that God has put us into. We start to grow. And it starts, think of it like this as a, I think this is the right word, concentric circles, right? Think of it as the smallest place where we meditate and we're going to start moving out. And the second thing is this, that God desires you to flourish. He wants you to flourish. Flourish speaks to growth that's like you're really growing. And it speaks to being in a healthy environment. See, our ability to flourish is connected to the environment in which we grow. Now, I'm not a scientist or a tree person or a botanist. So, you know, if I'm getting some of these metaphors wrong, please just submit your request to lawn. Um, so I'm just trying to work with what I got. But I know that, you know, if you put a plant somewhere, like we have a, like a sunroom kind of thing off the back of our house, and it's been really hot in the summer, and we had a, whatever you called the kind of plant it was. It was a rubber? A rubber tree? I don't know. It sounded like a joke, but I think it's real. And it was getting so much sunlight once we hit the summer, and it started withering. It started dying because it's not a good environment for its growth. It needed to be in more shade. Our environment matters. A tree needs the water, it needs the sun, it needs soil for all those things to come together for it to begin to flourish so that it starts developing branches that go out. So those branches eventually sprout leaves and eventually fruit. It needs to not just start to grow inwardly, it needs to start to grow outwardly. 
And if you think about the beginning of the psalm, he talks about where you sit, where you stand. So we've talked about meditating and you begin to delight in God. When we put this into our context, I want you to think about what is your environment like? Are you in an environment that helps you flourish? Who are you sitting with? (laughs) Not just here, but in life. Who do you stand by? Who is influencing your life? Is it helping you grow? Is it helping you develop? One of the goals of the ministry fair today is to create and offer you healthy environments to grow. They're not perfect environments. I'm going to just make a disclaimer. They're not perfect because they involve people. But the goal is to create environments that help you grow, that help you flourish, that help you develop branches and tree stuff. That's the goal because you cannot grow in isolation. You just can't. We need each other. We flourish when we grow together. That's why you're always going to hear me say and the staff, get connected. Pastor Don just mentioned that. The deepest friendships he's had have come from being in groups with people. We need each other. You cannot grow and flourish and and mature as a Christian by yourself. Now, you can read the Bible by yourself, and you should be doing that. But if you do that completely isolated from anybody else, I'm telling you, you're going to get into some weird stuff. I've seen it happen. We need each other. Listen to these words. This is in Ephesians chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service, to go out and bear fruit, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there. Remember the chaff in Psalm 1? Blown away by the teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Listen, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined together, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. Now, this could be a whole sermon in of itself, and I introduced more metaphors to you. The Bible's full of these amazing pictures. But notice, this is what he's talking about here is not individual. He's not talking about you. He's talking about we. It's all plural. The body of Christ grows together that we all mature, that we all get united so that the gospel goes forth, so that God renews communities. It's not just about us individually. It's about us together. A healthy, growing environment is going to mean that you're going to need to get some branches cut every once in a while. Right? If a tree is going to mature, if it's going to grow, you got to you're going to have to cut some branches off every once in a while. If you get into community with people, trust me, they're going to cut your branches. (laughs) People are good about that. And if you really want to mature, you want that. If I have friends in my life who do not come to me at some point and say, Danny, 
that branch in your life needs to go. I noticed that you've been kind of hard when you were talking to people. And you're, you're kind of been passive aggressive, but it seems like there's something there. I need people who know me to, to reach out to me and say, hey, I think you might need to get that trimmed. Flourishing creates a little bit of pain. If it hurts, you're on the right track. Growth hurts. Think about when kids hit, oh my, my kids, oh my, I can't even think about puberty, but right, you, they start growing like rapidly. They're eating everything. They're growing, right? Everything's changing. You see a kid like, we'll see a kid this week, next week he's like a foot taller. It's crazy. And you want to think, one of the things that happens when you grow a lot is you get growing pains. I remember my knees and legs like aching, right? Your, it's, your body's doing what it's supposed to, but it hurts. When we're together, there's all these good things, but part of growing is, is we're going to be in relationship with one another. And you know what? We're all broken people trying to mature. And we actually need that. This is what we do as a body to grow and to get better. It's like working out or something. Nobody wants to work out. It's the worst. It's painful. We ran a marathon this year. It was terrible. Everyone who did it knows it. I don't care what you say. And I run all the time. It's not. Part of it is you accept the reality that the growth means that you have to struggle a little bit. When you accept that, something shifts. Because you're looking at what you're trying to get to. If we want to see communities renewed, if we want to grow and mature, then we're willing to get in the trenches with people. We're willing to let someone say something to me that I need to hear. Or I'm willing to say something to somebody in love because I actually care about them. We grow together, we flourish together. We cannot become fully mature Christians alone. We flourish when we grow together. Growing together will create some tensions and that's normal. It's absolutely normal, but we need it, it sharpens us. Last thing, God desires you to bear fruit. So let's go back to the tree. So we're all a tree. Pick whatever tree you want to be. I'm apple. It's taken. Right? If I'm growing, if I'm an apple tree and it's, it's by the stream and it's growing and maturing, and if that apple tree never produces an apple, something's wrong. Right? It needs to, it, it, that's what it's like created to do. That's what it's all working towards. Trees bear fruit. They take the water, they reach to the sun, and they sprout branches, and they get trimmed, and they do all the stuff we've been talking about. And then that tree is able to offer that fruit to whatever's going to eat that fruit, whether it's like a squirrel or a raccoon. I got this raccoon that keeps coming by our house. Anyways. Um, or people, right? Think about this. The fruit is not for the tree. Have you ever seen a tree eat its own fruit? I doubt you've ever seen a tree eat, right? But the fruit is not for the tree. This was like a really transforming for me. When you think about the fact that in the metaphor, we're the tree. The fruit God is calling you and me to bear is for the glory of God and the blessing of other people. My fruit is not for me, it's for you.
It changes the way you start to think about growth. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created to bear fruit. It's what we were made for. To be sent is to go out and bear fruit. When we talk about equipping and sending, we're talking about living on mission, going out, whether you're in a group or whether you're volunteering or whether you're going into your workplace or whether you're at home making lunches in the morning, wherever you're going, to say that's a place where God's asking me to bear fruit. I'm being sent there. And that God's actually renewing things in those kind of normal tasks that we do every day. God is calling us to bear fruit. Galatians 5, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what Paul says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I grew up always thinking about those things as mine. If I, if I grow and I do the God works in me, then I get all those things. They're mine. But in Psalm 1, the fruit's not for us. The fruit's for other people. So think about the fruit of the Spirit as being things for others. So if I'm an apple tree, right, here's my tree, and I've got all this apples, love and joy, they're actually there so that Joe can come up when he needs one and grab an apple. He can grab some love, some patience. I actually become a thing that blesses people. And certainly it blesses me in doing it, but what if we thought about those things as if my tree is full of fruit for the blessing of other people? And here's, here's why this really matters. It matters because if I'm not growing and flourishing, then I have no fruit to give any of you. And that means that you are lacking then. Right? Because we're producing fruit for each other. So me saying, well, I just don't want to, you know, I just, whatever, you know, I want to do that. It's actually really selfish. Because I now have nothing to give you. And, and vice versa, you have nothing to give me. Right? Does that make sense? And when we are bearing fruit together, can you imagine the amount of fruit we have? <laughs> it's got a lot of fruit. We want as a community to be equipped and sense. We want to grow and bear fruit for one another, but not just for us, for Chino and for Ontario, for the world around us. So that we're not robbing people of blessings. In, in John 15, as I close, Jesus uses another metaphor, and he likes, he talks about the vine and the branches. And Jesus says that he's the vine and that we're the branches. And if we abide in him, if we stay connected to him, if we remain in him, that we're going to bear fruit. For apart from him, we can do nothing. So I want to make this crystal clear. We can't do any of this if we're not connected to Jesus. It's absolutely anchored in the redemptive work and what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and in his resurrection and his ascending and pouring out the spirit. We can't do any of it. But the picture is that we're all branches, all of us together, 
trying to attach ourselves to Jesus, to stay locked into Jesus, and he's trimming us, but we're doing this thing together, all of us. And his promise is if we stay connected and we're willing to seek him and we're willing to be in community, that we will bear fruit. He will be faithful to complete that. And it's not like you just, all right, I grew, I flourished, I had some fruit, I'm good, you know, like done. I did the cycle, Danny. It's not as linear as that. This is just, this is life. You grow, you flourish, you bear fruit, and you just, we just keep doing this over and over. This is what we do in our life. It's happening consistently. It's pretty simple. We get to grow together. We get to flourish together. We get to bear fruit together. And I want to say this. This church has a rich and long history of doing that. This church is already doing You are doing this. I want to encourage you. People are growing and flourishing and bearing fruit. And it's beautiful to be part of this community. I would love for all of us to spend the next 30 or 40 years just growing and flourishing and bearing fruit together. That seems like a really amazing life to me. And here's what I think. I bet if we did that, we just might find that our community was being renewed by the love of Jesus. If we just kept growing and flourishing and bearing fruit, God would do amazing things. And so I want to leave you with these two questions. As you think about the ministry fair, as you reflect, where are you growing? In what environment are you growing in your faith? Is it helpful? Is it working? And think about that as you start to look around these tables and the things that are offered. In what ways are you bearing fruit for other people? Are you struggling? We all do. There's areas in my life that are not bearing the kind of fruit God wants for me. And I have to work through those things. I need trimming. But take stock. How is that going? Do you have fruit on the tree? Maybe there is an opportunity to help give, to help volunteer. And I want to say this. This doesn't just happen in church. This is what we're offering here. But God wants you to do this at your work and in your home and in the city. It's not isolated just to this. But this is where we are. And I want to encourage you to think about those two questions um, as we stay together today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for sending your son for Jesus Christ. We thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit. We recognize that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And so we come before you as a congregation. And we collectively say, God, we want to grow. We want to flourish. We want to bear fruit. But we can't do it by ourselves. Give us a desire, a love to meditate and to seek you, God. Give us the courage to be in community with one another, to be in groups together, to do life together, to be vulnerable with one another so that we might grow together. And God, we pray as a community that we would not keep our fruit for ourselves, but that we would willingly give it away to others in the same way that your son Jesus Christ gave his life for the sake of the world. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. 
God, would we respond to you now with gratitude, with thankfulness, and with praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.